Ladies and gentlemen, Love here Hope we Radio. are. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. We are here. We are here. We are live on first ever Fellas Radio Show. And I want you guys to enjoy this beat as I set up and get our guest, Mr. Zoe Williams, on the line. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Do I have Mr. Zoe Williams on the line? I think you do, brother. What's going on, my man? Mr. Zoe Williams is in the building. How you doing, sir? What's what's cracking, man? I'm good. That's good. That's good. Man, this is my first ever talk show that I'm doing. This is my first ever episode, and I wanted to pop it off right. I want you to introduce yourself to all the people that's listening right now. Yeah. uh, My name is Zoe Williams. I do the Zoe What Morning Show and the Voice of Reason Morning Show, respectively. Uh, uh, Zoe What Mornings airs every Monday morning at 11 a.m. to 1 Pacific uh, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on T, as in Tom, Radio V, as in Victor.com, TRadioV.com, Radio NTV. And uh, the Voice of Reason show has been on, you know, various platforms, whether it's uh, Jamie Foxx's Foxhole Radio on Sirius XM Satellite or RMC or some future destination. We don't know, but the Voice of Reason is a powerful show as well. <laughs> And you catch that on Tuesdays uh, at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, West Coast Time. All right, all right. Okay, Mr. Zoe, I know we uh, don't really know each other. We kind of got connected via Twitter. and I'm a huge fan of yours, especially when you was on the 5150 show with my man Corey Holcomb. (laughs) <laughs> appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. And, o- and OG Bobby. <laughs> yes, sir, OG, my Uncle Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting, though, I was watching your show the other day with Corey on there, uh, Judge Joe Brown, and he had the lady yeah. who, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I actually have that, that book was... right here in front of me, man. It's actually a good read. I read it. Oh, yeah? Do you want to share a little yeah. bit about it? It's, it? I mean, it's a good read in terms of, you know, the social game rules that make marriages work today. Um, 
you know, it has its setbacks or whatever, but for the most part, what book doesn't? Uh, but it's some pretty sound advice uh, in the book, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, how you get a woman's attention, how you hold her attention, you know, and and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to diss it and say, oh, you know, don't get the book, but I will say, you know, it. this book is what I call a stepping stone book. People who don't have a certain level of information, this book is fine. But it it has to serve as a stepping stone to a higher level of information. So uh, with regards to that, it serves its purpose in that field. And the book is written by who and what's the title of the book for our listeners? The sister's name is Isley Nicole Melton. Isley Nicole Melton, and her book is called yes. Happy Happy Life. Happy Wife, Happy Life: Tips to Keep your, the, the Woman in Your Life Frisky. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, I'm going to jump into some very interesting topics, and I want you to feel free to talk freely, speak freely. I'm coming to you as a, as a little brother, coming to a big brother, man. You spit a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, and I do a lot of study and research myself. So I want to bounce back and forth off of each other. We have a lot of people listening right now. Um, and, you know, if the callers want to call in, the number is 607-203-5420. And the first statement I want to make is actually something that I had someone message me on Facebook that they wanted me to get your opinion on. And it's a statement that people change for two reasons. They've learned a lot or they've been hurt a lot. And oftentimes this statement involves women. What are your thoughts? People, wait, say that again because, you know, a lot of times people have some loaded Question. One more time. People change People for two change reasons. For two reasons. Reason one, they've learned a lot. And reason two, they've been hurt too many times. Hmm. That's what I mean by loaded. Because you remember that old saying your your, your grandmother used to say, uh, in terms of anything worth having is worth working for? Yes, absolutely. Remember that? All right, yes, cool. Absolutely. Or what, what, what about no pain, no gain? The reason mm-hmm. why I say that is because I believe if it ain't hurting, you're not learning. See, to have the mentality that you're going to get something and it ain't going to cost you a pound of flesh or a pound of soul is, is to me, nonsensical. Some people think relationships are easy or relationships are simple. Well, they're not. And you can do everything by the book. You can do everything by your mother and father's book they, or your grandparents' book. You know, my grandparents have been together for 60 years. You hear that all the time. 
but you don't know the intricacies or the nuances of their relationship. You don't know, right. you know, those subtleties in their intimate life. You don't know if they're just right. putting on right. a happy face in front of you. So, <laughs> you know, I, I just believe, you know, if you're going to learn something, you got to earn it. And if you're earning, you're definitely burning. <laughs> you know what I'm right, saying? right. It, it, it's not, now, it's not a ride in the park. Right, right. Can we actually say then that when you learn something through pain, it's what we call experience knowledge? Well, sad thing is when, when pain is involved, most people focus on the pain and not the message. Ooh, you know, and sometimes that, Give me an example. sometimes that message will hit you years later after you've learned how to either get the pain out of the way or the pain has subsided. And then once the pain goes away, you'll be like, oh, damn, that was the reason I went through that. But the problem with most people is they focus on the pain. Pain is like an indicator light in your car on the dashboard. That's all pain is. Hey, here's this red light on. Well, what is it? It's over the oil. Put some fucking oil in your car. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's that's how pain is. You know, you get a pain in your back. That's the indicator that something's up with your back. Go see a chiropractor. Right, right. Go go do some yoga. Go stretch. Go do something. It's right. an indicator. But most people focus so tough on that indicator, oh, they don't want to see it. They try to ignore it. Oh, I can make it a few more miles. I can live with it. That's not what it's for. It's there to let you know that in this area of your life, especially when the pain is in your heart, and I'm talking about your emotional heart. They're saying, hey, man, it ain't the person that has the issue. It's you. Wow. Most people don't so understand you're that. Saying, if I go out and I am with my family and a family member said something that hurt, then ultimately there's a problem with in me and not that statement. Let's let's take the word hurt out of it and put the word trigger. Ooh, the family okay. member says something that triggers you. That trigger could be connected to an unresolved wound. Let me explain something to you. I was just counseling a young brother yesterday. He's 17 years old, or he's 18 years old. He's dating a 16-year-old girl. Now, the 16-year-old, he's still a virgin. The 16-year-old girl has been raped. And she's locking on to him for whatever means. And I said, son, you don't know this yet, but she hasn't had time to resolve her relationship hurt. So who you're technically dating right now is not a 16-year-old girl. You're dating an unresolved, unhealed wound. And she doesn't even know 
for what reason or purpose she's using you in her life for. She don't know that yet. So you need to be mindful that you don't get sexual with her. And I know, you see, 18 years old, you want to smash. I said, nah, you better make her a friend. Because first and foremost, you're 18. You're technically an adult. She's 16. She's a minor. you already in statutory rape world if you don't do what she wants you to do, and then she goes and cries rape on you. That's exactly what I was going to say. Soon as he does something, going to the court system. And well, we, we don't know, but... We don't, we don't know what she wants to do. What we don't want to do is put ourselves in a position to where it's her choice. Make sense? Can he? Yes, yes, sir. So can he? Got it. As an 18-year-old adult now, 18-year-olds today have the maturity level to just be friends. Of course not. But heal. Of course not. I mean, but if 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 his mother can call me and I can inspire him in any way I can to make the right decision, at least that thought is gonna be in the back of his mind when he's making bad decisions. Right, right. You know, still to this day, I'm today. Ever I think of my father's voice is in the back of my head, and I can just close my eyes and picture him looking at me with that look. You know that look that your that your pops or father figure in your life gives you, where it don't. Yeah, man, I just I I just gave it to my son this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What, what's what's the call-in number, man? The call-in number is 607-203-5420. Wait, do it slow. I'm old. I'm, I'm old. 607 okay. what? 203. 203-5420. 5420. There we go. I'm tweeting it out right now. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. what's the name of your show? What what are we calling? What 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 do you call this show? Right now, I just gave it called Goodfellas Radio. I'm inviting all good fellas to speak their mind to the public. Whether you are a big, high celebrity on down to the common average man, if you are a good fella in my eyes, I want to get the opportunity to spread. Word. I like that. Good fellas radio. It's got a voice. It's got a direction. I like that. Yes. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, it's so many, it's so many tough, uh, topics that we can talk about going to be real with I was researching about Black Wall Street. Yeah. And uh, I believe it was Tulsa, 
uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was researching it, and it just blew my mind how, for once in history books, the black community was together. We were thriving. Mm-hmm. We were entrepreneurs. Not doing so to speak, working together to build a society together where we can grow and stimulate each other's minds to become better. And do you believe, so? Do you believe mm-hmm. that if we were to try to do that in 2014, would it be successful? Yes or no, and why? Call us, call in, and give us your answer. Also, wow, that's a great question. That's a great question. And conventional wisdom tells me to be ambivalent about the answer. And the reason why is because thoughts are things. And when you hold a negative thought in place about anything, uh, you tend to create that kind of reality. So I'd hate to create the reality of saying, yeah, they'll come destroy it. But then you look at the history of what's been in place, and it's hard not to think that way. You know, I would hope that if, well, first off, before we even get to what they would do about it, we got to first start doing something, Right. We got to first start doing something on a collective level Because it's hard for them to pay attention to us When when we're so dispersed and at each other's necks You know, they live their lives And they they look at us and just be like Oh, they ain't going to never do it They ain't going to never get it together Well, you know, they don't even have to pay attention to us They're indifferent because our self-destruction is on autopilot Seemingly so, wow. if we were to get together, well, here's a perfect example. All the so-called Negro leadership, they really behave like well-trained pets to this society. Like, for instance, we arguing about keeping the playoffs going instead of shutting the whole NBA down and making a real power move. We missed a great opportunity there to make a real power move. Now, understand how the society is set up. Oprah Winfrey made a bid, her and some white dude, uh, Geffen, right? They made a bid. But this is bigger than racism. This is classism. They made a bid. But they're not ready to see a black woman owner in the NBA. Why? Because the image of ownership in America has a Caucasian face. You understand? They let Michael Jordan slide in, right? They let Michael Jordan slide in because Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time. They let him slide in, but he has the worst franchise in the NBA. (laughs) <laughs> right? This is true. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, ownership, first off, 
blacks ain't supposed to be seen as owners. And when I say owners, I don't mean the owner of a liquor store. I don't mean, you know, the owner of a barber shop, the owner of a restaurant, a barbecue spot. I'm talking about mega corporate America ownership. And owning any American sports franchise is major, right? Just like we ain't ready to see, you know, America, you know, America's funny style. They say they're ready for things, right? In 2008, they thought they were ready to see a female president, but the, the nation chose what they were ready for. They'd rather see a black man than a white woman in office, right? Because uh, that white woman was Hillary Clinton. Right, correct. Feel yeah. me? <laughs> At the end of the damn day, yeah. man, there was a great opportunity where LeBron, Kobe, Everybody, every black man could have shut down the NBA. But, like I said, modern-day Negroes, it's just like white people owning a pet. When you see white people walking around with a damn, with a, with a dog that's wearing a dress, right, that's black folks yeah. in America. And I'm talking about middle-class black folks in America. Instead of wearing a dress, they're wearing a suit and a weave. Because that's the uniform that makes the white controlling class comfortable in your presence. Wow. <laughs> so when a, so so when a sister comes me, to, in order for, for them to be comfortable, I have to wear a suit and tie. I can't wear nice size jeans and a T-shirt. Well, if you got a T-shirt on and it's got a hoodie on it, you're now Trayvon Martin. You you could be a thug. You could be a gangster. You have to understand, Trayvon Martin was a regular kid wearing a hoodie. Nobody says anything about these white boys wearing hoodies. First off, African Americans, we we influence culture the world over. So when Justin Bieber has on a hoodie, is Justin Bieber now a thug? See, these white folks put these these stereotypes into place. Right, you understand? Right. So that's how we interface. You feel me? That's how could we interface say, with one another. Could you say that we play a role in that image? Absolutely. Think about it. If you have people like, look at the hip-hop and me being a Christian and me going to church every Sunday and I love the Bible, I love Jesus, and I pray, you know, I'm 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 there. I have a I have a white wife. I love her. She loves me. She loves my culture. I love her culture. The thing is this: in hip hop, you had people like Two Chainz and Gucci Man and Soldier Boy who who talk illiterate in front of cameras, and they're wearing jewelry and they're sagging, and or they're looking as voiced, if I could say so, fun boyish, gay, if they're looking voiced in front of the camera and they're talking about selling drugs and shooting up people that they don't like, are we really giving society the right image of who we are? 
No, 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 no. Those, those, those rappers you just named. It's simple. Uh-huh. They're they're opportunists. See, the government is an opportunist too. That's why when you're a young African American male standing in front of a judge and you don't know what you're being charged, you don't know what's going on, you don't know what you're being charged with, a judge is quick to say ignorance is no excuse of the law, right? Just because you don't know the law don't mean I'm not going to come down with the hammer of Thor and throw your ass in jail just because you don't know what you did or what line you crossed. In a lot of ways, the government is an opportunist for our lack of knowledge of being a citizen here in America and knowing what our rights are, knowing, you know, how the laws are situated in our particular part of the United States. So it takes advantage of our ignorance. That's no different than 2 chains. Right, 2 right, chains right. know we stupid. And now that we're living in a culture, Jay-Z, he, he let Pandora's, he opened Pandora's box when he said, I had to dumb it down to double my dollars. So 2 chains ain't stupid. <laughs> he went to college, got a degree, right? He said, oh, okay. Because now that the stripper culture is no longer in the clubs, it's on the radio, let me make some dumbass, illiterate stripper music. I'll get rich. Wow. He's just an opportunist. No different than, you know, no different than the government. You ignorant of the law, you ignorant of yourself. Well, I'll make a record that matches your broken mentality, and you'll make me rich doing it. Wow. So money, the love of money, truly is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money itself, but when you love money that much, you are willing to do whatever it takes to get it. Well, when you cross the line, when you say do whatever it takes, this is when it becomes, this is when the pursuit of it can become evil or an evil contaminant. When you stop valuing other lives, when you lose the basic concept of respect, understand the temples in America are no longer churches. The temples in America is, is corporate buildings, skyscrapers. And the new God of today's world is money, it's power. That's the new temple. That's the new brick. That's the new God. Money. You understand? Wow. So when when you yeah. value that over life, when you value that over the living, then you can say that kind of pursuit contaminates the soul. You pursue an inanimate object, and you will kill a living sentient being over a piece of paper with fancy decorative designs and pictures of white people. Wow. <laughs> like when you really pull back and look at it, like, wow. And then when you understand that money isn't worth anything, it's created out of nowhere. I mean, interest is created out of nothing. You know, you're talking about uh, money equals debt. 
You know, the government borrows the money from the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve then writes up the money or prints up the money and gives it to them, but the money that they get is just printed out of thin air. They're, right, right. they're swapping they're swapping pieces of paper that says, I need this, and they say, well, I'll loan you this, and then they create the money out of the exchange of those two pieces of paper. <laughs> see, it's see, it's see, not real. You, you touch you're touching on an excellent topic, which was actually what I was going to go into was, didn't didn't we just get rid of uh, somebody overseas? I forgot. Uh, it's not Saddam. Uh, I think was actually going to back his money up. Gaddafi, yes. He was going to back his money up with the resources in his country, like oil, like uh like gold and, and, the, and the oil and things like that. He was going to change the entire way that currency around the world was going to be handled. And so we had, as America, since we say that our money is backed up by M16 and our military, that we're not going to allow you because we take over all the resources of the world, so to speak. We're not going to allow you back your currency up with real resources that we cannot control. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you really look at it, like, the life we live is exactly the same as Monopoly, the board game. But the difference is, in our real-life Monopoly, you can lose your life playing the game. That's just the reality. <laughs> Is life worth money? See, that's the thing. See, First off, we, 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 our... oh, wait, wait. I was just going to say, first off, life is priceless. We're the only sentient beings on planet Earth with a monetary system. <laughs> like just that concept right there shuts it down. Like wow, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is, man. You know, you you want to help kids and people understand that. Okay, if I'm gonna play the game, at least uh, now we got to teach you how to play to win. Okay, now I understand it's a game. So how do I play to win? You feel me? Like, that's the next step. Playing to win, you know, uh, doing some of the things that other cultures have done for their people in terms of pooling their resources. I mean, at the end of the day, black people are the biggest consumers on planet Earth. Uh, It's slated for $1.1 trillion to be spent by black people, black consumers in 2015. $1.1 trillion of consumption. Now, how much of that is going back into black businesses? How much of that is going back into black neighborhoods? See, these are some of the basic concepts that need to be put together. When Dick Gregory was on my show, he simply said, we don't have a community. A community is a place where people own the police. Well, you can't own the police if you don't own no businesses. Right. Because what does police mean? The word police, policia, policy. 
What is the policy? Policing a policy. Policy means serve and protect. Serve and protect what? Not neighborhoods. You serve and protect the businesses in those neighborhoods. Right, right, absolutely. You serve and protect the institutions of the neighborhood. (laughs) Well, if you don't have no businesses, no institutions, you don't have no neighborhood. (laughs) You don't have a community. You're a front-end user of the community, of society, front-end, right? What does that mean? Just like with a computer, there's a front-end user, okay? I'm at my terminal, but the server is downtown Los Angeles. And not very many people can get to the server because the server has all the real information. You only have a certain amount of information that is available to you while you're at your cubicle. You're a front-end user. Black people are front-end users of society. (laughs) It's no different than what Kanye said in New Slave when he said there's rich nigger racism and then there's poor nigger racism. The poor nigger racism is get out of my store. You can't afford nothing in here. Rich nigger racism is come on in here and buy more. Wow. <laughs> Front wow. end user. Right, the right, back right. end user gets to control different aspects of the society. Do you understand? Like when you got all of these businesses and you have this economic power base, you can then go to the police department, who have always been fucking corrupt to some degree. You can't find a, a police department anywhere in the world that's not corrupt to some degree, that's not tainted to some degree. They're open for business, too. And imagine if black people had a power base, an economic power base, an intellectual educational power base not the ones that were set up by white folk that was designed to get you to behave in a way that makes them feel comfortable around you, not those, but ones of your, that are created by your own hands. Now you could go into the police department and be like, no, check this out. Nobody's in trouble, but here's some bread. If anybody gets in trouble, we're going to handle it this way. How do you think the mafia was able to be in business for so long? They got judges, they got police officers, they got politicians, they got everybody in their pocket. Wow. Hey, so, so we have a caller. Do you, I'm going to put the caller on. Are you ready? Sure. I'll be quiet. <laughs> no, no, you Hello. Quiet. Okay, caller, stay safe. Tell them where you're from. Hello, I'm Spencer. I'm from Hot Springs, Arkansas. What's going what up, on, Spencer? Spencer? Can you hear me? I'm driving. Yeah. Mr. Williams, I uh, would like to say I, I enjoy listening to you, sir. Oh, man, I appreciate you calling this, brother. I'm just trying to give him some burn so we can get some oh, phone man. calls, hey. man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you, you're, you're spitting some wisdom there, bro. Appreciate it, man. You're welcome. Hey, I'd have to say that when you were talking about police department, I'm a I'm a police officer myself, and I believe that uh, 
if there is a right man in office, such as the sheriff's department or a chief of police, who believes in you know administering the law, but not uh, breaking people over by taking the money of of drugs and things of that nature, that there are there are right people in the office. I believe that who I work with, there are people that there are corrupt ones, but there's also ones that are that are keep and and do the right thing if you understand what I'm saying. I do. Um, so I, I do. I and I have to agree with you on that, um what you're talking about the police departments and it's sad because we are the ones that people are supposed to run to because they're they're fearful of another, not because they're running from us, because they're fearful of us or what we're gonna do or that we're gonna take their money or we're gonna take their you know, we're gonna do uh, excessive force. You hear all about that in the news media. But that's what uh-huh. I that's why I called in to, to peep in and say, hey, I I, uh, I agree with you to, to to an extent. Well, thank you, brother. I, I appreciate you sharing that information. Thank you. Oh, you're you're welcome. You're welcome. I uh, I you see a lot of you see a lot of a lot of corruption, but mostly ones who 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 will adhere to the right standing and who will do their job. And, and I think it's sad that police officers run around saying that they have bad done, that they can do whatever they want to do when that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, need to have, we need to have men and women who, who really want to administer righteousness in the law to raise up God's kingdom, to raise up Jesus, to, to establish righteousness in a city. So that there is, so that there isn't crime, and so that there isn't things of that nature. And I know that there's crime, and there's murder, and there's a lot of different things that go on in the world today. But if we had police officers truly stood by their badge of honor and by their code that they took before a judge or before their chief or before their their sheriff, I believe things would be different. Man, and and like that, that that's why I say that information. This call is so valuable. Uh, you're a police officer, and, and, and you're telling us what the real is, and, and, and we appreciate that. Thank you so much for calling. You're welcome. It was great talking with you. All right, Zoe, I want to touch on something that Carter said. He said police officers who will uphold the law and administer and walk in righteousness. Do you truly uh-huh. believe that we in America can have police forces that are not corrupt? And why? I believe anything is possible. But I also believe that the right intention has to be not only set in place, but revisited, revised, and reinforced. Because as technology continues to evolve, so should our basic concepts and ideas about living, about life, about culture, about society itself. If society is hell-bent on being locked in one place, people are going to be evolving, and then they're going to evolve away from societal game rules, and that's going to create conflicts between society and the people that are growing. So with that said, I think it's possible but that's got to be an objective of the organization in its inception. When they're creating the organization that is designed to police people, integrity should be one of 
you know, the chief rules or and not just integrity from a Pollyanna face. Because when you look at the symbols of the court system, oh, it's the blind woman holding the scales, right? And it's balance and it's right. blind justice, you know. We don't see ageism, racism, sexism, classism. But that damn lady been peeking out from behind that blind ever since they put it on her. If you come in <laughs> with a certain status, right, you come in with a certain status, you're not going to get in trouble. Right. All you got to right. do is get the disparity. Come on now. You see the cocaine versus crack, right? You see the uh, 50% African-American male population in privatized prison, Right. You look at the 50% dropout rate in urban cities all across America of African-American males. When you look at the numbers, man, the numbers is telling you it ain't brother just out there running, tripping, fighting, and it's some of them doing that. But it ain't 100% of us doing that. But that's the image that gets portrayed. Right, right. The image that gets portrayed. Wow. We have a co- – oh, go ahead. No, I'm good. We have a, we have a, we have another caller on the line. I'm going to take this call. See what they have to say. Caller, you're alive on the line with me, Randy Curtis. You go with me. What's your name and where you? Hello, caller. Are you there? Yo, Randy. Yes, this is you. This, this, yeah, you're live. Hey, what's up, man? How y'all doing? It's uh, my name's Jesse from Annapolis, Maryland. Oh, what's going on? What's happening, Jesse? How Jessie? you doing, sir? What's up, man? Hey, I'm all good, man. You know, I just tuning into your show, man. I've, I've been on for a few minutes, but I'm you know putting my son to bed and stuff. But man, it's man, what y'all talking about is is right on the money, man. It's crazy some of the things y'all bringing up, and you know, you kind of think about what's going on right now, and it's just just painting a picture. But but there's one thing I wanted to touch on when uh what's up Zoe by the way man there's some real good shit you talking tonight man real good shit bro um, much I respect to touch man on much respect the part when you were talking about pretty much how we need to build that powerhouse man that's that is like crucial nowadays crucial because even going back to when you was talking about uh. You know how Oprah and them made the bid and stuff like that, and obviously, of course, they wasn't going to get it, man. I mean, it, it was a, it was a good thing to to look at. And it brought up in the news, but I mean, I, I was sure they wasn't going to get it either. But I mean, I don't I don't even really see that as kind of a necessary thing for us, like to even really have to get involved in the organization like that to kind of put our people in that position. Because, for one, I think there's other things that people like Oprah can still continue to invest in to kind of start building that powerhouse. Like, I don't really see them actually owning an NBA team as, as part of that groundwork that needs to, to put our people in a better position for our future. You know what I mean? No, that's a good point. But remember this. Remember this. A lot of the people we see on TV – they not they they yeah they got the skills and they got the talent, but they're getting hand picked right. They're yeah. selected right. They got to meet a certain criteria, and one of those criteria is, I'm gonna put you in position to make money, to make bread, 
you're going to be okay. You're going to be able to take care of everybody. One thing you can't do is rebuild your hood. From Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Chicago in trouble right now. Oprah got bread. She go to Africa and build a school. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't build a school in Shy. Nah, Why? because again, the money ain't real. If the money was real, <laughs> like this Pete came, Michael Jackson was one of those back-end users. He wasn't a front-end user. He stopped being a front-end user in the late 70s, early 80s, when he bought ATV Sony Publishing. First off, it wasn't Sony Publishing then. It was just ATV Publishing. Uh-huh. He, brought the, he bought the Beatles, 150, 150 songs from the Beatles. Then he created ATV Publishing. ATV Publishing owned all kind of people, Bobby Brown, all types of folk, right? Babyface, Roy Orbison, you know, he owned a whole bunch of people. Were Little Richard, he owned everybody's records. Then when he formed, and then when he merged the Sony Publishing catalog with ATV, dude, that's over three hundred thousand records, worth mm. millions every year. So when you do a deal with Sony Japan, who owns Sony America, Tommy Matola, who's your record industry boss, can't tell you shit. So when Michael comes into the building and they say, Michael, uh, we want you. Nigga, shut up. I'm, I'm, nigga, I'm in business with your boss. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm partners with him. I ain't got to listen to you. Get the fuck out of here. Michael had too much power. When the dude dies... How the dude going to be in debt $500 million and only have $600,000? The money ain't real. Remember I said that. Only has $600,000 in cash in his bank account. But then within weeks of his death, he's back in the black? His estate mm. owes nothing? <laughs> he's back in the mm. black? Mm. <laughs> Who gets control? Yeah. Who gets control? Oh, there's two wills? You mean the one will said mama can have it all, and then the other will said my white lawyer can have it all? And one of the executives from Sony? Come on, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> when, you start, when you start fucking with back-end shit, that's when they raise your, they, they raise, you raise their attention, their awareness of you. But and, and that's why and that's why I feel like as odd as this may sound, man, I I don't really being that like you say the money isn't real. I truly don't feel like like the money is actually the root of all evil. Funny to say, if you think about it, it's it's happiness. It's like the things you can get with the money that give right. us what we perceive as you know being happy. Because think about it, it's, it's people nowadays who's living paycheck to paycheck. So obviously. You know, once again, like you said, the money not real, but they're not getting money living paycheck to paycheck. But a lot of those people are still happy. They don't have money. Exactly. Have, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yes, yes. And that's, that's a hella point. Again, just remember, when I say the money ain't real, you got to add that second piece to it. The money ain't real, but the game is. Yeah. <laughs> the game is wow. real to the motherfucker. 
Wow, yeah. go deep on that. Go deep on that. Call See, us there so on the line. You, I want you to. I want you to interact. But like I said, when you get behind the scenes, now you on a different side of the game. Yeah. When we was playing, properly, everybody wanted to be the banker. You feel me? That's what you got <laughs> ultimate control of the game. Because what was what does what do most people do when we play Monopoly and we the banker? What do most of us do as the banker? Sure. Just tell the truth. Uh, control, well, at, well, pretty much as the banker, you know, you control the property and you hand out the money, man. You really stealing? Everybody was stealing when they was the banker. Everybody stole. Yeah, I was, I was- I was talking bills like it was nothing. <laughs> Everybody stole. Now, so then, so then your big sister come in and go, okay, we got to count all the $500 bills before we start the game. And we got to count all the $100 bills because when you're the banker, you're always stealing. It's true. They steal. So my point is this. Organization, right, a collective organization to play the game effectively. And what is playing the game effectively? It's not getting your own. It's getting your, 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 your community, making sure everybody gets, make sure everybody has resources. How do you do that? We've got to fucking take inventory of what we got in our community. Mm-hmm. There's so many intelligent folk in our community, but because they sold their soul to the system that is designed to keep people oppressed. Ageism, racism, sexism, that's in place here. That is America's caste system. It might not look like India's caste system, which is based off color, but we have a caste system here. And this is why you got Negroes who went to uh, HBCUs or who went to any other college and joined a frat or did whatever. They feel like they ain't the same as the brothers in the hood. They ain't educated. They don't know. They just niggas. You feel me? So now they feel like all of a different class. So, wow. So, check this out, though. Now, now, how, now, how do you go about really asking, you know, black people to make that kind of sacrifice? That's a big sacrifice that everybody will have to take pretty much if you think about it because everybody's circumstances are different. Some people are doing okay. Some people are not doing okay. Like how do you really ask people to, let's say, the person that want to start up some uh, high-fashion designer clothing store to say, hey, take your money and, like, start up something like a farm instead? You know what? Just, just, so just, you, know, you, want me, you, want me, you want me to keep you know it real? I'm, I'm going to keep it real. I'm gonna keep it real, keep real though. Though you're gonna make me lose some friends, but keep hey, it real. Here it is. This is the blueprint okay. on how to get killed. This is the blueprint on how to be martyred. This is the blueprint on how to be the next ML, Mike, uh, Malcolm X, the mm-hmm. next MLK. This is the blueprint. If you, if African Americans collectively control annually 1.1 trillion dollars. We're forecast to spend next year, 2015, we're forecast to spend $1.1 trillion. Then can't nobody say we broke. Our mentality is broke, but we Mm -hmm. are broke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You feel me? So now 
you come together and go, no more Benz purchases. No more, because every time we buy from Mercedes, we're giving back to Germany. Right? Wow. When we start, when we start collectively going through things, like you just mentioned something about a farm. Oh, man, look up this uh, shit. I forgot the name of it. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of things that these rich white folks are doing on a collective level. Mm-hmm. So it's not too much of a sacrifice or a risk to ask, to, to ask us as a community to think collectively. Yeah. There's one thing called the pledge, I think it's called. Uh-huh. It's where all the rich white folk of the world, Warren Buffett, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, uh, Gates, all of these, who, who can give away the most money? They having a contest to see who can give away the most money while niggas is having contests to see who they can kill to get money. I, I just seen oh, something about oh. that, about, uh, about Rockefeller and Andrew Carnegie. They was kind of in contest about who could give away the most of their exactly. money. Exactly. Like, but it's tied. So that's probably a part now, of what... Now, now I'm going to hit you in the head with this. That's trading places with mm. Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. The motherfuckers bet a dollar to see if we can flip this whole situation around. I'm going to give him an opportunity. They trying to give away the bread because bread ain't shit. It's power. Mm-hmm. You start owning, now it's bigger than money. It's power you have. Now you have leverage. Now they got to negotiate. They have no reason whatsoever to negotiate with a nigga in America. Not one. Nigga, get your ass on stage and rap. My 15-year-old mm-hmm. kid loves your record. Now get up there and perform, you port jester. And then okay. the niggas we, who get close, have... them niggas get policed. Mm-hmm. Hey, go back to the hood. If you do anything in the hood, nigga, we're going to knock your ass down because the money ain't real. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I want everybody that's listening to call in. I'm going to take a quick two-minute break. I want everyone to call in. The number is 607-203-5420. Jesse from Annapolis, I thank you for calling. Thank you for actually talking intelligent and not crazy stuff. So we're going to take a two-minute break. We'll be back right after this.
Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me, brother. You got me. Okay, we actually have a caller that's online. We're going to take this call. Can I I just really wrap up that point? Because the brother was asking me about, you know, should we sacrifice and, like, get a farm or something like that? There's another thing. I forgot the name of it, man, but you got to look it up. They, they're they actually buying up all the seeds, right? And they're storing right. all of those seeds in some – and this is in preparation. And these are – I mean, this is Bill Gates. This is Mark Zuckerberg. This is all the, the, the billion-dollar boys, man. They're storing those seeds somewhere in Norway in some big, giant facility. Seeds. I mean, we can't even get into Monsanto. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, they didn't listen, man. That's organization. That's planning centuries, decades, you know, hundreds of years in advance. So to ask us to sacrifice now for, for a better future, I don't think that's unrealistic of black folks to do, seeing that we're worth $1.1 trillion annually. Right, right. In consumption. For to call in is six zero seven two zero three five four two zero. We have a call on the line. So after this call, I'm going to change the subject to something that I really want to get into. But I'm going to put the call on right now. Caller, you are live. State your name and where you're from. Hello, caller. Hello, caller, you're on live. Okay. Cutting you off, caller, in three, two. Okay. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's that all good. <laughs> okay. The subject that I want to jump to, brother, I just want to say you are. So, I mean, you are. Is that your caller? No, that was me. You were dropping bombs, brother. But um. Oh man, appreciate it. I do what I do, man. Subject that I'm going to talk about that you and Corey and Bobby talk about so often. But I want to bring this reality to my listeners. I believe it needs to be constantly addressed. There to be changed. Um, well, the new woman, the new age that we live in, where man necessarily does not need to be breadwinner because women are getting jobs. However, as a man, how can a man this society as much influence directed towards women? We, what I mean by influence is women. I want to talk about abortion. I'm talking about homosexual agenda. How can we, as strong men, whether you're yellow, green, black, or white, as a man, how can you adapt and survive in a society that is influenced by women? Well, first off, that's 
that's kind of a loaded question because the implication, the underlining unspoken implication is that men, you know, and I'm speaking the gender, men, masculinity, is somehow uh, incapable of adaptation. And we're not. Uh, my, my whole thing on the independent, powerful woman, that, first off, men are fooling themselves if they think women ain't powerful. And if they think women ain't as powerful as we are, they're just different in their power. Right? A man is greater than a woman in all that is masculine. And a woman is greater than a man in all that is feminine. See, what, where society should be going is toward an egalitarian partnership between men and women. Egalitarian just simply means equal. Equal power in the relationship. For men, this is how women have been able to get us in so much trouble. Because first off, we underestimate feminine intellect, are super, uber smart. And they play dumb because it feeds into our ego. A lot of us ain't Ouch. nothing but bootleg, <laughs> bootleg white knights. We trying to save a damsel in distress. And they know how to fake distress in order to get resources because society told them not only you got, you're weaker than us, but it also told them you got to play weaker than us too, even when you're not. Wow. All men can do, like men, you know, we always lean back on that one thing, that one caveat. I could kick your ass. Well, not really. If she can utilize the government in such a way, she can take an ass kicking because you don't have any self-control just to gain control over your life. Now your ass is in jail. (laughs) Do you you understand what I'm saying? And, And don't be rich and get plunked into that situation. Now she has access to your assets. (laughs) Like don't ever Fucking underestimate The power of a woman You're expecting her to beat you In your In your realm as a man Well I'm stronger than you Are you? Are you stronger spiritually? Are you stronger Emotionally? Are you stronger Intellectually? I will say this though And then we have we actually have a caller, but I'm going to say this, though. If you think, like, I'm, I'm piggybacking off what you said. The intellect of a woman is so great. If we even Bible account and look at the Wait, say Sala, it again. You broke we have, I, I didn't hear All right, say it again. I said if we look at, and we have a call on the line, I'm about to accept the call. Their, uh, their call. Okay. If we okay. look at. The Bible, and it, it oh, don't bring up the Bible. The, don't don't do it that. It talks about. <laughs> it talks don't. about the queen <laughs> and Solomon, and how okay. she had influence over what the Bible classifies as the wisest man to ever walk the earth. And I'm going to take my caller after this after that statement. <laughs> 
Don't go to the Bible now. <laughs> Caller, you are on the line. State your name and where you're from. Hello. Yes, Yo. you're alive. What's your name and where you're from? Uh, this is Jay from uh, Silver Spring. What's happening, okay. fam? Honestly, I was just listening. I seen Zoe tweet. They call in. Well, I called in. I just wanted to listen to see what's going on. Oh, man, we appreciate that, man. The young brother he got says, a show. He asked me to okay. do the show for him. I said, man, I'm a supporting character. The, <laughs> the thing is, I seen, I seen he's from, he from where I'm from, and I was going to ask you about something, about a relationship, but I don't want, I don't want to really put it out there in the world like that. People might know. Oh, man, what? You can't change the name to protect the innocent? <laughs> I mean, I already told you I was Jay from Silver Spring, but look, I got these two women. Uh, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not putting it out there. I just listen. I just want to listen to y'all, man. I, I like everything you do, so, man. I listen to you on Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, I appreciate thing. that, brother. I appreciate you, know, that, man. Thank you for calling, brother. Seriously. No problem. No problem. Brother, you're getting a lot of support right. on your show. Yeah. For my first for my first night, man, it's amazing. I'm getting all the this. this. <laughs> And the reason, and, I, and the reason why I honestly felt inspired to do this show is because I feel like it's time for real men to rise and take the world back, in particular America, take it back and lead this nation where it needs to go. And the reason why I say that is this. When you have, no matter whose fault it is, have no father in the home, or have father wants to be in the home, but the bitterness of the woman kicks him out, and so he doesn't have the opportunity to raise his children, or you have a society where they tell you to freely express yourself, anyone says anything against you, it's a hate crime, how can we as men Take our society back. Women are smart. Don't get don't get that wrong. Women are smart, but there are moist men, as Corey Holcomb would say. There are moist men that run things that want the women to be empowered, so that men cannot leave the home, stay in the home, help raise the children, help bring in the money, help show what family structure is. That's that's the reason why I wanted to even have this show was to show that tonight that men in the home can restore balance to society. Tell me your thoughts though. Call this call in. Kinda 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 kinda. Here's the problem. Family is connected to commerce. This is why they promote marriage. Family and the economy are connected. This is why <laughs> like people Back don't understand. Money. Back to money. <laughs> people don't understand. Having a family and desiring a family is what locks you in to the nine-to-five grind. If you have a family too soon wow. before you've lived, 
before you've been able to do anything in your fucking life. Family can become a prison because family has demands on you, your time, your energy, everything. This is why they say the number one uh, 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 precursor for uh, relationship success or for personal success is marriage. But yet the number one indicator of poverty is divorce. Why? Because when you have a wife, you share your assets. When you have kids, now you have to put those kids in school. That cost. Now you have to close those kids. That cost. Family means you are going to interface with the economy because you got to buy foods, you got to buy drawers, you got to buy diapers, you got to buy everything every week, every two weeks. <laughs> Having a family right. is the quickest way to locked into the economic infrastructure. As a consumer, <laughs> wow. even, it's not even about legacy building anymore. Come wow. it's a. Do you understand the difference? <laughs> right, yes, absolutely. When I when See? I when I look at my children, I have, I have two boys though. When I look at my son, mm-hmm. I look at what when I go to work every day. I look at it in the aspect of this. What can I? What kind of legacy can I leave them that they can build upon that my family name can continue to grow not only spiritually, not only emotionally, not only as real men and women, but also financially. But see, that's listen. We're in a capitalist society, and everything related to a capitalist society is related to competition, competitiveness and me getting mine, capitalizing on every situation. First off, you can't even throw spirituality in with the capitalist side of it because here's the thing. In most cases, the spiritual journey is a lifelong one and requires just as much time, energy, and effort as you put in on your job, you have to put in on yourself. School ain't teaching you knowledge. (laughs) School isn't teaching you knowledge itself. What is school for? School is for the integration into an economy. That's why they asked you in the very beginning, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, let's put this motherfucker right. on the path. <laughs> when you go to college, pick right. your major. <laughs> it's integrating <laughs> into the fucking economy. Shit ain't got nothing to do right, with your right. spirituality or your development. This is a machine. This is the matrix. Have a family, integrate into the system. The 1%, their kids, I don't feel like going to school this year. Oh, don't worry. We'll take a year off. (laughs) Right, right. Because they already have the money. Listen, in, in, in in the time, the royals, the royals, the family, the royals, right, in, in Europe. There was a time where they saw you couldn't be considered a gentleman, a man of high stature, if you worked, if you had a job. That's not the behavior of a gentleman. That's not the behavior of a nobleman. This dude is a lawyer. He's a doctor. He works. He's not noble. He's a commoner because he has a job. Do you know? Wow. 
It's been flipped around. That's, that's what makes a good man is a laborer. <laughs> I don't mean What's to laugh. No, no. You, but that's you who are we are. Right, right. That's who we become today. And all of our leaders. America. Listen. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Jay-Z don't live that life no more. Look what happened to Jay-Z when he blew up and worth $500 million. This nigga's all in the art, Biscay, and, yeah, you know, Annie Warhol, and, you know, he's art now. Well, guess what? When you're rich and you don't have to toil, excuse me, when you're wealthy and you don't have to toil, then the true beauties of the world open up. You get to observe differently. We can't even see the world outside of the lens of worship, which is related to the word working. Working and worship, that's our job. (laughs) We got a a day, Friday or Saturday, to have a ball, then we go to church and worship, and then it's Monday, back to work. We live the lives of commoners, man. (laughs) Life has been given in America. Raise money and live mundane. <laughs> all we call can see. <laughs> I mean, all we can see in our mind as a legacy is a bank account and some property. What else can you see in terms of legacy? That is a deep question because we are raised to think that that is like We are raised to think. It's not. <laughs> Remember, the money that ain't that real. The game is. <laughs> that should right, be the exactly. legacy. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, didn't America go bankrupt in 1940? No, uh, I think that was the emergency, the uh, the emergency act of 1933. I think that was, uh, uh, I think it was Roosevelt or somebody like that. Uh, the uh, the banking act of 1933, or the emergency banking act of 19. All of that was set in place to get us off of what is real money, which is gold. Right. <laughs> right. By the set. Nixon took us off the gold standard and then put us on those certificates. The gold standard was either you had a note, uh, uh, you know, some money or paper money that had a blue uh, seal on it. The blue seal was for silver and the yellow seal was for gold. You could take those coupons because that's all they were were fucking coupons. (laughs) And you could take those into a bank and if it's a $100 bill, you can say, now give me $100 in gold, and it's a certificate. They give you the $100 in gold, and they take the certificate. Now we're killing over certificates backed by nothing. <laughs> that is a person can get robbed because they are believed to have money. It will get killed over a Listen. All of the wealth in the world, this. man. Mm-hmm. 
I'm 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 gonna say this. Not to cut you off. I'm gonna say this. No, we good. I truly, if we can play the game right to our advantage, that we can change. It might take some years, a lot of years, but we can change the game. Absolutely, but it goes back to what I said before. It can't just be Malcolm. It can't just be Martin. See, because they understand black people have no compass. They have no center. If you cut off the head, they'll disperse. (laughs) They'll capitulate. (laughs) You feel me? If you build the new nation with no head and everybody is the head, they can't kill enough of us to kill the dream, to kill the purpose, to kill the intent. One of the greatest propaganda movements ever done was done so masterfully so over 40 years ago when Martin and Malcolm were together. They made black people choose a side by the way they positioned each man's personality through the media. Malcolm is radical. He's going to kill. But that was the best way to get it done. If we would have just showed solidarity and said, fuck your choice, we down with both of them. Both styles. Now what? That would have been a lot harder to deal with us because we would have been more unified than ever. No. He's a Muslim, and that ain't the way of Jesus. Oh, this is perfect. This is Tyson versus Holyfield. Holyfield's a Christian. Tyson's a Muslim. (laughs) It's Malcolm and Martin. That was the coldest marketing campaign ever. And then what do we get out of it? Magneto and Professor X. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, that, you hit it. There's Magneto, Magneto and Malcolm X. Right. There's <laughs> Same shit. Magneto. You have to fight it. Yes. yes. Go ahead, go ahead. And if we gotta if we gotta kill some folk, we gotta kill some folk. If they crossed us, we gonna match on them. When they did that first X, the X Men first class, they they patterned the characters off of Martin and Malcolm. Professor X is Martin. Magneto is Malcolm. That's what we get out of it. <laughs> is this? I I, I watch a lot. Of, I, I I I like to. Rewatch movies because I always eating out of it. I watched The Dark Knight Rise the other day, and when Bane was uh, was at Black Gate Prison, and, right. and and the police commissioner said this one statement, and we have we have about nine minutes left on the show, but this is the statement that he made. Says there's a time structures fail and they become shackles. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I remember that scene. 
Vain to me, to me, in order for the game to be changed, there has to be a bane to be able to break the back of a bat. If, if, do you catch the announcement that I'm, that I'm throwing out? There, there's always a, someone who wants to play Batman to save the way that society is, 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 is marketed, the way society is built. Oh, they can change. Right. And hope one day that they change. Then there's a guy that right. rises up in a vein that says, No, society is built based upon evil men. So in order to eliminate evil men, I and of myself have to have the same kind of anger towards them that they have towards us in order for us to change those structures and show them as shackles to the and then destroy the shackles to make the next generation rise up free. Right. Well, in order to give you the information, in order to give you the information without inspiring you, they got to put it in the package of a villain so you'll reject it. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, hey, let me promote a couple of things, man. Let let me promote a couple of things. I, I I'm trying to go get ahead, a bunch of people. We got, we got I'm trying to get a bunch of people to join uh this um this eight week boot camp that I'm doing with Veronica Conway, the sister who created Black Mastery, uh the NLP program. And if you haven't gotten Black Mastery, the NLP program, you need to get that. It's very important because anybody who is a fan or a listener of my show, she's going to give you like a 75% discount to join this boot camp. And a lot of the concepts and stuff that I'm talking about, that that I've been talking about, we cover that, but we cover it in a business building model. It's an eight-week program. We do it on Saturdays, a couple of hours on Saturday. And it's just eight Saturdays out of your life, and she's reworking all of your business plans, all of that stuff. She's a genius. She's a master. She works with Iyala Van Zant. She works with Tony Robbins. The sister makes a – like I said, I hate putting her business out there, but the sister makes, I would say, about $150,000 a month. So when it comes to bread and getting the bread, remember I was telling you, the the money ain't real, but the game is. She's got the game. You feel me? She's got the game, right, and right. I like bring type of people to our uh, you know to our awareness as a community. Go to the website. Um, uh, what is the website? Uh, I gotta look at it again. But what you should do is go to go to her website, blackmastery.com. That's one of the websites. But our website is called Wantapreneur to Entrepreneur dot com. And that's W two E dot com. Right? Wantapreneur to Entrepreneur dot com. W two E dot com. You gotta go there, you gotta support what we're doing. Huh? What's the name again? The sister's name? Yeah. Oh. Let me 
This is the easiest way. Veronica at veronicaconway.com. Email her right now, RSVP, your spot. Veronica at veronicaconway.com. That's the easiest way to connect us, connect with us. Like I said, we're doing the entrepreneur, from entrepreneur to entrepreneur, starting to control your destiny and become an entrepreneur now. And she says one of the weakest things, she said most people think they're an entrepreneur, but they really just have an expensive hobby. So she was like, I'll show you how to build a business. I'll show you how to turn it around, make it profitable. The only way to get with her is Veronica at VeronicaConway.com. Veronica at VeronicaConway.com. Email her. RSVP right now. Like I said, this this boot camp is about to start, and when it does, man, it's going to be crazy because all she does is drop jewels that you can actually go and apply to your business and and see, you know, some turnaround stuff. And if you haven't gotten blackmastery.com, go get Black Mastery, man. Go to blackmastery.com and download the Black Mastery Neuro Linguistic Program. You get a 55-page booklet, and it's it's, I think it's nine modules that you listen to, and it's narrated by Yana Van Zandt. It undoes all of the negative Jim Crow beliefs, all of the negative Willie Lynch beliefs, all of that. We live in America. We black. We're supposed to be poor shit. It destroys all of that. Blackmastery.com. Check it out. Wow. And now give the people your information on how to follow you for those who are listening who don't know about your show product or your website. Go ahead. We have two oh, man. 30 seconds. Yeah, man. I am ZoeWilliams.com. I am ZoeWilliams.com. I am ZoeWilliams. That's where you can find me. You can follow me on Twitter, at ZoeWilliams. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, at Mr. Zoe what. So that's what it is. All right, man. Well, man, so it has been an honor to actually talk to you show. My show, Goodfellas Radio, is going to be once a week on Wednesday night, starting at 9 p.m. Everybody, follow me at Randy Chu. That's R-A-N-D-Y-C-H-O-O. Follow me there on Twitter. You'll get the updates on my show. So, man, I appreciate you. Make a stand on Anytime, man. Anytime, young brother. Anytime. I really appreciate it, man. I'm in this show, and uh, and so we're gonna keep in touch, brother. We're gonna have you back on the show uh, one day soon. Also, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna have a show where, man, um, you and Corey and Bobby can get on here. and We can just crazy <laughs> on here. That'll be a dream come true. Everybody follows Zoe. For real, man, this brother spit some jewels. Don't don't get intimidated. Stand up brother. And so I appreciate you. We are about to shut it down. About to play this music and outro. We have forty five seconds left. So God bless you, man. I appreciate you. All right, brother. Peace. All right.